0: Welcome back, everyone, to the latest and the greatest of the Blue Brothers Sportscast. I'm Caleb, and with me, as always, is Craig. This is Real Talk, Real Fans. We bring you Michigan football each and every week. This week is a big week for Michigan football. The beginning of the season is always uh, telling time as you get to learn what teams are legitimate and what teams are uh, can kind of be put on the wayside. But this is a week where number four, Michigan, will be facing off against number 8 Wisconsin. And so there's been a lot of talk this week about this big matchup. Uh, still actually not quite the biggest matchup of the weekend uh, in all of college football, surprisingly enough, because College Game Day is going to the top five matchup between Clemson and Louisville. But still a very big showdown, and of course the biggest showdown yet. For Michigan yet this season, and we'll be getting into that talk and everything here shortly, but on the other spectrum of football, and uh talked about it a little bit i I get to feel a little bit happier this week, Craig, because somehow I was able to pull off a fantasy football win this week i'm I'm not sure how I lucked that one out, but
1: <laughs> well who helped you out on that one?
0: I think I'm not sure if who I was playing against really uh, took care of their team this week. I mean, maybe they did, and maybe they bombed kind of like I do sometimes, but it was a relatively large margin victory for me. But I'm just glad that I'm off my losing streak. So,
1: Yeah, I was on a losing streak too, but the funny thing is, like I said before, is everybody seems to score the best points against me. And I'm like over 100 points, almost 115 points average. I'm averaging that, and I'm still getting beat, so... If you yeah. want to play me, you'll you'll have your best game when you play me. I don't. It's just wait. <laughs> <The laughs> season's playing out, man. It's really ticking me off. So,
0: yeah. Well, I have noticed that it's been tougher for you, but it's interesting that usually it, it, with the league, I feel like before, if you score over a hundred points, you have a really good job of winning your winning your matchup. But this year, it seems like you have to score over a hundred and ten points to even be close to winning. And if you can't score 100 points, you're just basically screwed. So I know there was like one game where the I think the score was something like 90 to 70 or something like that. That was a poor matchup for the week, but yeah. So I can feel a little bit better about myself with fantasy football that I'm not uh, the only person with no wins. I actually I didn't. I've been so distracted with college football this year, and like I said, I'm so glad I'm only in one league this year i haven't even seen where i fall in the whole rankings for the league
1: yeah it's tough but because of the very fact is you know everybody's more players are going down hurt man everybody's scrambling around they get their third and fourth string running back i mean there's not really you know and i said this on twitter is like i think the days of that that true running back you know the days of uh sean alexander and priest holmes and clinton portis and those guys it's like over with man and those are the days where you could get at least 10 there were 10 really good backs they were going to score points but now you're lucky to get maybe one so yeah it's just like the committee is like just kind of going rampant now there's just no true wrong one back really
0: Just like some of the things that we'll be bringing up with Michigan football here shortly, uh, you know, it's uh, not a superstar running back uh, league anymore.
1: Right, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. good point. I didn't even think about that. Michigan in itself has the committee going and, you know, it's working pretty well for us, so I'm I'm not going to say anything about it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about that more here shortly. So hopefully, uh, my team might do a little bit of a turnaround and start doing better and maybe putting up some W's like Michigan has this season, but we'll kind of watch and see how that goes. Yeah, am I sounding
1: like all right? I sound like, I sound okay? Because I'm kind of fighting this cold to everybody. So,
0: yeah, we had a pushback from last night, and so we're recording a day late. You, you sound like you're coming through fine. So,
1: okay. I feel like I'm like talking t- 10 octaves lower,
0: uh, maybe,
1: and maybe through my
0: mouth. Maybe it'll make your voice sound more radio-like, radio-esque. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, maybe I'll sound like more of an adult than I am.
0: Well, you never did come across as sounding as the most uh, mature person. It's maybe true. maybe it'll help you out.
1: It might. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm starting to sound like the 48 year old that I am now. So,
0: yeah. Happy birthday, your voice got a little bit lower.
1: Exactly, that's what happened.
0: <laughs> All right, well, uh, we'll begin the football talk here with the Wisconsin-Michigan matchup coming up this weekend. All right, well, it is a huge weekend, big weekend biggest weekend for michigan football yet this season without a doubt as uh michigan is going to be having its fifth home game and they are going to be going uh, against the wisconsin badgers ranked number eight after they took down michigan state last week and so kind of like always uh especially since it's so early on in the season kind of give them give you guys a little bit of backstory on who they've been playing and how they perform so well and everything uh, so, if you're unaware from their schedule, Wisconsin played LSU at the beginning of the season, and they won a a tight one, low scoring.
1: Yeah, back of, and forth game, you
0: yep. Yeah, of sixteen to fourteen, mm-hmm. and at the time LSU was ranked fifth in the country, and then they played a Wisconsin played a home game against Akron, and won very convincingly, fifty four to ten. The next game was a very odd one, and of course. Very easily considered a trap game, perhaps because um, they were looking forward to their uh, MSU game the following week. But they played Georgia State and only won twenty-three to seventeen. So that yeah. was that was kind of a weird one to see thrown in there. But then uh, they played MSU last week and won that contest thirty to six. And at that time, MSU was number eight, um, and something interesting that i'll kind of point out now lsu at the beginning of the season was ranked number five now after four games they are two and two and they are not ranked in the top 25
1: yeah surprising
0: yeah msu i believe started off somewhere around 12 or something like that when uh wisconsin played them they were ranked eight and then after that performance they fell to 17 right okay and part of the thing that helped them get up to number 8 was the fact that they beat Notre Dame at Notre Dame and when they right. played them or at the beginning of the season Notre Dame started off at number 10 in the country but they are currently sitting with a 1 and 3 record not even in the top 25
1: yeah and that's obviously they they lost in the what three to four overtimes against Texas, who wasn't even ranked. So, and Texas, like you said, is on its way up. So, um, and and then basically it didn't help MSU's case that Notre Dame lost uh, to Duke. And when you lose to teams like that, um, it just doesn't look good. And now they're not even, I don't believe they're ranked now. And that just looks bad on MSU. So, Wisconsin probably is like, shoot, you know, we need... Um, Michigan State, you know, did look good. And when they beat Notre Dame, it just didn't look good. And so, you know, all all these things circle around. And basically the reason Wisconsin jumped up is because, one, they won at, uh, what, a neutral site against LSU, and then they won at, at uh, Michigan State. And when you can win and beat them badly, like uh, Wisconsin did at Michigan State, you're going to jump up there pretty good, so, and that's exactly why they did it.
0: So. Yeah, well, I am not one ever really for preseason rankings. I mean, I know they kind yes. of do that and everything, but they're always wrong. I mean, this, this every... is a
1: perfect example of why these polls are ridiculous and don't even trust them until, you know, maybe week what eight i don't know because yeah this is ridiculous because all the oklahoma lsu notre dame all these top 10 teams are all falling off the map even clemson doesn't look that great and here's louisville motoring over every team they can they weren't even in the top what 15 i think they were maybe somewhere around there but they weren't even in the top 10
0: yeah, no, it's it's just really bad and gets to the point of being ridiculous because at the beginning of the year you have no idea how good people are, but then you base it off of this poll that was conceived before the season even started. So then you're like, "Oh, well they were ranked this." So now that they wound up losing to this other team that we think is should be this good, we're going to rank them here. And then it just that's what the whole thing is based on. The whole poll is based off of the preseason poll because you're like, well, they were the 8th best team in the nation. Now, since they lost, it, it, it just it's ridiculous. They should not make a ranking, and I agree with you, they should not do a poll system until later in the year. I don't know if it has to be week 8, but it definitely should be probably 6. Or- six, yeah. I was thinking 6 specifically, but yeah, it just... Because it just messes so many things up because, I mean, Notre Dame and LSU are perfect examples right now because they were ranked in the—both t- of them ranked in the top 10, and now they're not even in the top 25 after four games.
1: Yeah, you're right. And, it's a, and the thing is, is I think there should be a point system, like if there's a point, like you get— a certain amount of points if you go to uh, Their home base and you beat that team then you get more points and if you win at your home base You don't get as many points for the win. So or Vice versa if they're top if they're ranked really high and you beat them pretty good Then that's a certain amount of points. There's got to be a better way of doing it Just or just don't do polls and like you said till week six so then start ranking teams until you get a better idea because wow I mean the top 10 that we in the beginning of the year that we went over this is just silly man i can't even keep up with all the teams that are just either overrated or just were underrated
0: yeah yeah absolutely and so so with that being said um just kind of a little background of the teams that wisconsin has played i mean everyone should kind of be caught up with the teams that michigan has played all of them outside of the uh Top 25, I mean, not really a lot to base it off of. But talking about some more details with Wisconsin, I mean, Wisconsin has played tough football, and they definitely have won their games and played really tough defense. Their offense has a lot of question marks around it. But to dive into this game and match up a little bit more, of course, we always want to talk about uh, stats and the schemes and everything. So mm-hmm. this is the first time that Michigan will be facing a true uh, pro-style offense this year.
1: Yep, and that's been the Badgers have had a tough time with that uh, kind of style, too. And they're I think they're currently 70th ranked in passing attack, so you know that might be setting up for good for Michigan if we can get that down. So
0: yeah, yeah, that since you bring that up, I'll expand on that a little bit more because that's one thing that you really haven't seen with the opponents that Wisconsin has played so far. Um even with LSU and MSU being good decent teams, not not saying they're god awful or anything, but not that they were as good as they were supposedly, but neither of them passing teams especially LSU I think MSU wants to be a more balanced team and usually aims for that but they just have a new quarterback and you know I mean they took a hit with the players that they lost from last year LSU never really even thinks about that that much so um, Wisconsin's coming into this game not really facing a lot of passing offenses so no. that's something that definitely needs to be uh, brought up in this conversation
1: no, you're right, and LSU obviously is not known for passing it a lot because of their quarterback situation, and obviously, Les Miles being fired uh, didn't help that cause because he always had a tough time um, getting quarterbacks or anybody that's you know obviously the the runs the the play that they do is kind of like a read option or a spread kind of option the way they run it, but uh, you know O'Connor. Was the guy that um, that they did well on, and they did pretty well of stopping him? Or was O'Connor one of those players that just didn't play well? I mean, he had 22, what, 224 yards passing, but he threw three interceptions. So anytime you throw that many and he got four sacks, anytime you do that, you're going to lose the game.
0: Yeah, well, it was interesting to see that actually MSU put up more yards than Wisconsin did. Oh, but, yeah. yeah, But I, it was not even close. I mean, no, they got beat by 24 points. So,
1: yep, yep, exactly. Yeah. So, and um, you know, if you really break down the stats between the MSU game and the uh, Wisconsin game, and you're looking at it, and you would just say, hey, you know what? M- Michigan State should have won that game, but they really should have. But <clears throat> when it comes to the turnovers, boy, Wisconsin was on it, and they really took it to Michigan State. They didn't know what to do.
0: Yeah. Well, talking about some of the defensive side of things, uh, comparing the two defenses, uh, a few numbers here, and I'll mention some more here in a moment. It's pretty close on how many points each team has been allowing because Wisconsin's just been averaging, their opponents have only been averaging uh, just over 11 points per game, and Michigan's been keeping their opponents to an average of just over 13 points a game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So advantage Wisconsin. But then rushing side of the defense, both of them doing very well, but the advantage goes to Wisconsin there as well because their opponents are just averaging over 80 yards. Michigan's allowing a little over 122 yards on average. Mm -hmm. But here's kind of an interesting thing. Having said that Wisconsin hasn't played a pass-heavy offense, they're allowing more passing yards than Michigan is uh not nothing too drastic i mean 196 yards compared to michigan's 147 but that's without going against a pass efficient offense right and then also uh, both teams doing rather well in sacks Uh, wisconsin with 11 michigan with 17 so this is going to be michigan's toughest battle against the defense i anticipate i mean kudos still to ucf and colorado they had their um they In the first half of both of those games, those defenses were stout. Right. But they, I think, a good way to kind of say it is Michigan is a better-conditioned team than most teams, and particularly those two teams. And so in the second half, they were able to pick them apart. So...
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously the Badgers haven't faced uh, this kind of team either. Obviously, we're ranked number two as far as our, I think, our special teams as far as kickoff and punt returns and how it always gives Michigan great field position. So that'll be our strong suit on there. Um, obviously, think think uh, Wisconsin's, uh, the average number of points that Wisconsin has allowed, I think they're ranked seventh in the nation. So that's going to be One of the things where we're going to have to literally, if we could keep the ball out of Wisconsin's hands, because they they like slow, methodical drives, and they're going to try to keep it away from us, because we score in bunches and we score a lot. So if they can do that, then they have a chance to win this game. So Michigan's going to have to, on the other hand, keep Wisconsin's offense and then keep us with long with drives and or scoring bunches to beat them too so um so yeah that badgers defense is no joke um everybody knows that everybody who's actually seen them play know that um but they do have a suspect passing team the one of the things that's pretty interesting about their passing is that they um they're actually pretty good when it comes to uh, their first downs because they actually are uh, 18th in the country as far as getting first downs through the air. So, and they actually are one yard passing more than Stave did in his era. So, uh, which is about what eight yards per pass. So, and Stave was just a little bit lower than that. So, they are completing like 64% of their passes. So, they are. 27th in the country when it comes to that they're just not doing a lot of it and they're what one touchdown to two interceptions uh, offense so we got them there i think we get we got a really really good uh secondary to stop that so that's going to be our strong suit that really keep them off the field and um playing well so
0: yeah i do believe that our secondary is going to prove better than theirs I, i do honestly believe that um But you mentioned something earlier that I definitely want to touch on again, and that was uh, special teams. I think that's going to play a key role in this, the biggest factor being field position. Since it's going to be a defensive battle, I think field position is going to be big, and our special teams, I believe, is going to be able to put our offense in better positions than Wisconsin will be able to. Right. Um, I mean, we've already seen what Peppers has been able to do, so I think... The shorter the field obviously um, helps out offense out a lot more, but I think our um, that will work in our favor for our, our uh, special teams a lot more than Wisconsin's. But then going back to what you were just talking about with the uh, passing side of both mm-hmm. offenses, surprisingly enough, I mean, Wisconsin has put up quite a few passing yards. Yeah. Both teams are over 900 passing yards, but there's a big difference in uh efficiency because wisconsin's actually gone back and forth between quarterbacks right the first uh, their quarterback currently is Hornybrook, yep. and his first start was uh for this season was msu uh he played some in and he didn't do that
1: well in the beginning he wasn't wasn't very efficient so yeah he wasn't very good and then he got it together and
0: Well, he showed to do better work um, in the Georgia State game and the Akron game, I think, uh, than their other quarterback did. And forgive me, I don't have his name right here. But um, So, Hornibrook is who they're going with now. But their overall passing for this season, Michigan has nine touchdowns and one interception. Wisconsin has five passing touchdowns and four interceptions. Right,
1: which is that, yeah, what? one, one to one or two to one uh, td to one, one interception ratio which isn't very good at all i know it looks a little bit uh, bad and looks good for our team which it is but there's some over overall other things that they do that's pretty good i mean if i could stress one thing to the fans and some of the people the key to this game is this it, and it's only really one thing is Wisconsin's time of possession, they are ranked number three in the country. If you can keep them off the field and keep that time of possession low from them, we'll win this game easily. If we can't, we'll lose this game. Plain and simple.
0: I, I commend you on that. I'm glad that you brought that up because I, I saw that too, and I was going to be bringing that up. So we're on the same page here. That, that is key. Yeah, something that has happened in almost all the games for Wisconsin is the time of possession.
1: That's how, that's how they beat Michigan State, and that's how they beat LSU. I mean, they yeah. really did. They just had the most time of possession in, in and how they won those games.
0: Yeah, and time of possession gives their defense a break, and I think that's something that Michigan will try to do to them is to keep their defense on the field as much as possible. I mean, it's kind of a a give and take because you want that short field to be able to have the higher chance of uh, scoring, but you also want to have enough field to be able to eat up the clock so that their defense is on the field more than your defense. Right. So it it will be interesting to, to watch that unfold, but yes, time of possession, another key uh, component with that. So if Michigan can, can take control of that, this is the thing with how it kind of goes with Michigan first half is often very, very even. You don't see Michigan really taking a lot of control in the first half with the time clock or with the time of possession. And I, I kind of overlooked this earlier on in the season, but don't worry about what's happening in the first half with Michigan. I would say that almost every single game, I mean, especially when you look at that Colorado game, ignore what happens in the first half right this is a coaching staff like we've said that knows how to make adjustments and knows how to attack a team after halftime also saying that though michigan is often the more the better conditioned team uh wow. like I've already mentioned so you will see that come to fruition in the second half and so th- that's just kind of their thing and that another thing that we say too is that michigan likes to grind down on the defense they want to wear the defense down and you won't see that taking effect until the second half so if this if wisconsin goes in halftime with the lead or it's a really tight game at halftime i wouldn't be worried really to be honest i would say wait until the second half and see what happens
1: yeah and plus they're not a team that's scores a lot so you're not going to worry about them you know saying oh my word they scored you know i'd be really really shocked if they're going to score like colorado did you know they're, we're not going to be like holy cow it's 21 to nothing what are we going to do that's just not the way the badgers uh play so i'm not too worried about that but you make a great point you said we're more conditioned conditioned than they are uh, like you said their our practices are grueling they're actually more grueling than the Game Day. And you know, and the thing is is one of the stats that I looked at the most was really interesting is the very fact is as Michigan's able to stop the third down, we're ranked like number one stopping the third down. So we're ranked first in the country to do the third downs and stop it. But the Badgers are like I think they've tried 62 sixty two thirty third down attempts and they've only completed 28 so yeah i mean that's ranked 43rd in the in the nation so right there we got them so if we can stop the thirds third down conversion and then we get the ball as soon as we get the ball back i mean that's great if we can do what we do best num the, being the number one team in third down conversions we will win this game
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Talking more on that, you know, I mean, I've got the percents here. Michigan converts about 54%, only allowing 12% uh, for their opponents to convert. That's incredible. Yeah, Wisconsin does complete relatively well at 45% for their third downs, but they're allowing 23%. So that's double what Michigan is doing. Right. So some other stats here kind of going along with that, just some kind of interesting situational stats speaking of third downs it, it'll be kind of interesting to see this but you can pretty much almost guarantee that if they are in the short yardage that they're going to be running for it because they have not done very well passing for their uh, third and short situations. They've they've tried five pass attempts mm-hmm. and they've only accumulated seven yards. Yeah. And I know that that's the uh, the short yardage situation but uh, when you look at Michigan's in the same category they've done eight pass attempts in uh third and short and they've had six completions for 48 yards
1: okay so
0: we've we've been able to capitalize and burn uh burn some people on those situations but uh wisconsin hasn't had the same success on that but then also so uh i've found some great sites with just some different situational stats uh something too is wisconsin is a can pass and everything like that uh they are capable of doing it like i showed earlier they're not the most efficient at it but when they come out in the first half they do a lot more running and it's almost kind of like that test they want to see if their running game is going to work and if their running game can work they are going to try to use it to its full ability so you're going to see um a lot of wisconsin running in the first half to kind of try to test that out
1: yeah, they got a couple of running backs that are really good. So, you know, they're going to exchange, you know, I think it's, I forgot his name, Ogan, Boale and Clement, both are pretty good. Clement obviously had the 23 attempts, so he ran the most during that game. But they're, you know, big bruiser, good backs. So we're going to have to really step up, stop the running backs there.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, um, it's kind of interesting because uh, to talk about those two running backs specifically, both seniors both experienced. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clement is the one who's been scoring the touchdowns. He's got five rushing touchdowns, but he's only been uh, averaging about 3.8 yards per carry. Nothing too crazy. He's put up 250 yards already. Right. Agunbal. Bogwe. <laughs> Agunbalwe. I'll just go with that. Um, he's only put up 182, but he's averaging over four yards per carry. Yep. He's only put up uh, one touchdown. So they're they're effective running backs, yep. but, uh, but the thing that I like, and we talked about it in the intro a little bit, is Michigan's crew of running backs that have their own specific abilities and everything, because, um, I mean, the two top running backs for us for yards are Smith and Evans. I mean, you've got a senior and a freshman out there, and right now they're both averaging over six and a half yards per carry. I mean... Evans is averaging over seven yards per carry. Smith has two touchdowns. Evans has three, but Michigan has the ability to kind of like how Wisconsin's going to come out and see if the running game works. Michigan has the ability. And we touched on it a little bit last time, I think in the um, recap of the Penn state game, Michigan has the ability to put all their running backs out there and see which ones are more effective. Right. And yep. while I, Oh, I, I want to say it was last episode, but I can't say for sure which one it was. But you, Craig, I think specifically said it where we can use Smith and Ty Isaac a little bit more in the first half mm-hmm. and use them to grind down the defense kind of like their plan has been uh, quite frequently. And then in the second half, when the defense is more exhausted, put in our faster running backs like Evans and Higdon yep, and just burn them with our right. speed. Uh, and I kind of anticipate that that might be the plan. You might not see as much of them in the first half compared to the second half. Uh, maybe they'll just try all the running backs in the first half and see who's the person having the most success. So this will be a good test for our our defense. Um, they might be stacking the box again, so we might just have to resort to the passing game most of the time, though.
1: No, you're right. And and you have to also look at um obviously they uh, Michigan you go back to the Michigan state game, you know, with LJ Scott, great running back, but he's a really big running back. So, you know, and I think that f- f- plays right into Mich- uh, Wisconsin's defense, and, you know, they like big bruiser running backs. So, you know, they're going to try to stop him. He had 61 yards, but if that's your best back, then you're going to use him. Kind of like like you're saying, they're gonna, you're going to use them throughout the whole entire game. Well, by that time, your guys probably about tired by then. Same thing with um, LSU. You know, when they got forgot his name, uh, they're uh, Fournette. When they got Fournette as your best back, obviously he's very, he's got power, speed, and everything. But Michigan's got a, a, a whole corral of running backs. They're fresh legs. They're just going to keep going. And you know what? and then you're going to see you know devion smith come back in in the second half that had a break and maybe in the third quarter in the fourth quarter and wear him out you know and we have so many such a good stable of running backs that i think wisconsin's going to have a tough time stopping all of them
0: yes yeah for sure And talking with the uh, passing game, so I want to uh, make sure that I mention some of these stats here before we move on past uh, the stat information. But Spate for Michigan has now accumulated 63% completion and nine touchdowns and only one interception. Put up a ton of yards, uh, 875, averaging just over seven yards, seven and a half yards per attempt, Hornybrook, like we said, I mean, last game was his full, uh, only full game, and then he's uh, played a little bit in the other games. But he's actually at a 67% completion, but he has three touchdowns, two interceptions, not a whole ton of yards yet, averaging over eight yards per throw. But kind of the interesting thing to point out with um, him specifically, Hornybrook, he's only doing about 58% completion in the first half. Second half – he gets even better because he goes up to 73 percent right yeah so so i mean it uh, i'm not saying that i'm just kind of like saying that to be aware of because i'm not really so much worried about because i don't think there's anything that he's quite gone up against like our secondary Mm -hmm. and then especially he hasn't gone up against something like our defense as a whole i mean with uh, dr blitz (laughs) and everything like that it's gonna it's gonna be something new for him and it's you know for this being his only second official start this season I think it's gonna cause more chaos for him than anybody really kind of expects
1: oh yeah you're right you're gonna see more peppers on that linebacker position and they're gonna move him around to where Wisconsin's offensive coordinator is just going to go okay where do they have him they have him at kind of in the free safety position or they have him in the linebacker i'm not exactly is he going to blitz is he going to rush you never know he's so all over the place that that's where he's dangerous and trust me he's going to be blitzing him man he's going to hornbrook's going to have a hard time figuring out and try to figure out and where he's at and uh, the offensive line is going to have a hard time blocking him
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, talking about Michigan defense, I do want to flip it over and mention a few things uh, more specific with the Wisconsin defense and mostly some of the players. Some of the players' names to be aware of that you'll be hearing, uh, I believe you pronounce it Kitchy, junior linebacker. Bond, a freshman linebacker actually, uh, has several tackles for loss. But then a name that will be very familiar with people is Watt, (laughs) <laughs> and he's a junior linebacker. Uh and we're not talking about JJ, um but this is his brother, right? Yeah, I believe so and I believe and, I believe that's why I saw uh, cuz I mean like well JJ played for Wisconsin, uh, Wisconsin so uh,
1: only difference is uh JJ was a walk-on, so
0: yeah. So uh, so but he's uh he's been uh on fire. He's got 11 solo tackles and Five and a half tackles for loss, so he's been effective and everything. So they have a pretty good linebacking core there for their defense and that that could disrupt the passing game obviously and help them try to shut down our running defense or our running offense.
1: Yeah. Well one of the things that Wisconsin's done really, really well. It was pretty amazing, you know, and I was like kinda keeping up to what's going on with them is the players have been hurt. They have they've have a lot of players that have been hurt, and then they plug in another player, and they do just as good. So, and I thought that was pretty fascinating. Usually, when you have one of your, you know, your first string or your best guy go down, usually when you bring in your other guy, he's not as talented or just doesn't have the game time experience as the other person. But everybody they plugged in have done really really well, and so I think they've had four or five players that. Have gone down and hurt and missed a game, and they come in and they played well, they did against uh michigan state so that's means that 's good coaching right there that means good player development and wisconsin's got a great coach over there, I mean they really do
0: yeah, and there 's a little bit of background between uh Chris and uh Harbaugh, yeah they 've known each other for a long time, and they actually have uh appears well, from why I've seen a good relationship and everything and have a respect for each other. That will be kind of interesting with this game. But to keep things moving along, to try to keep on time with everything, we've discussed a lot with uh, different sides of everything. So, Craig, real quick, kind of what you think will be Wisconsin's strength going into this game and then the weakness that Michigan might be able to capitalize on.
1: Wisconsin's strength, time of time of possession. They get time of possession over us. Way they can hold our time of possession to not as much as theirs. Obviously, they're going to win this game. If we can stop that, they'll win this game. So, yeah. and uh, what was your other one?
0: Uh, what's their weakness that Michigan can maybe capitalize on?
1: Their weakness is their uh, passing game, and our secondary's got to step up, and we can stop them. And also, well there's twofold there's that and their uh their passing defense isn't very good. And Spate is he's gonna have to have a good game. I mean, if he cannot turn it over and throw some good balls, I think it's gonna kinda ride on him for a while in that first half to have a good game, no turnovers.
0: Yeah, well, a couple of things I'll add to it real quick is uh, one weakness that I want to point out for that. Well, I I don't know if I would say it's a weakness, but a situation that they have not been put in yet. They have not been losing by more than seven points this season. Right. They have not had to fight back. They have not had to come back from a great deficit like Michigan had to uh, unexpectedly against Colorado. You know, being down twenty-one-seven. Very
1: quickly. For us, right.
0: Yeah, so we could use that to our advantage of putting them in a situation, putting a new quarterback in a situation that they have not been in, being in a hostile environment, having a deficit for their score in a situation that they haven't been in before. So that... That is something I wouldn't say necessarily is a weakness, but something that we could definitely capitalize on. And two great things going for Michigan that we've definitely touched on are uh, the secondary. You touched a little bit on that, and we've already touched on this, but that I want to mention now is definitely the special teams. If the special teams can play their A game, that is going to help us tremendously. So those are things that we have to watch moving forward. To keep the conversation going, we will go ahead and jump into our lock it or dump it segment. Yeah. Favorite time. Craig, I, I know it's your favorite time. And uh so we've got a couple here uh to be using. First, lock it or dump it question we have. Will Michigan have more rushing yards than Wisconsin?
1: Uh I'll say lock it. Okay. I think we got a great pass rush, so
0: all right. Well, I think that I'm going to dump it. Just because I think that Wisconsin is going to have to resort so much to rushing because their inability to pass in this game, that they're going to use their rushing game a lot more than we will. So I'm going to dump that. Our second one is going to be there will be more than 45 points scored in total for this game. So both teams' scores combined will be more than 45 points. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, that's an interesting one. That's a tough one. Lock it.
0: Yeah, I'm going to lock that in, too. I think uh, a lot of people are thinking that's going to be low scoring for a fair. I don't think so as much. I think that uh, the second half will prove differently for Michigan, that there will be more points scored, and that the total will go over 45. Right. Okay, so our third and final lock it or dump it then. Michigan will have more sacks than Wisconsin in this game.
1: Lock it,
0: man. Lock it. Lock it. Love it. I'm going to lock that one, too. I really think that Michigan is going to be a different level of defense that Wisconsin has not faced. And uh, there have been some things that were shown in the Michigan State game and the LSU game that were just kind of flags on thinking, you know, uh, their offensive line is good, but I can see some areas where that Michigan capitalizes. So and our offensive line has been doing pretty well. They will be put to the test as well. But I just think that I'm putting Michigan down for that loss. You got so.
1: Akko Charlton back. I don't know if Moan's coming back, but um, he's been practicing. He's been practicing. I'm not sure he's going to be playing in this game. I don't know, but um, but yeah, he's practicing. If he plays, wow, look out! Um, and then obviously Gary and and then get Peppers, you know, flying in there once in a while to hit hit the quarterback at times, and maybe the running back, too, for loss. Uh, Wow. So, yeah, uh, Michigan, more sacks.
0: Awesome. Okay, well, before we get into the final predictions for the game and everything, we do want to talk a little bit more about the Big Ten Conference. Big Ten game of the week uh, to watch. We had on our list before the season began, uh, the game that we pointed out was actually Minnesota at Penn State as the more intriguing matchup this week. I might switch that. I mean, I still think that's kind of a big one just to kind of see how good Minnesota is in the for the West and maybe if they'll be able to shake some things up over there. But something that might affect us more directly is Michigan State going on the road to Indiana. Indiana's always a fierce competitor, and they put everything on the line, and they take everybody down to the wire. So... Uh, Michigan State is only a seven-point favor in this. There, there could be something crazy going on there uh, with the night game there.
1: Good grief. Is so that what's come to Michigan State? Seven points. <laughs> Didn't Indiana yeah. just lose to a really, like, subpar team?
0: <laughs> uh, I don't know. I haven't really kept up with Indiana yet because we're not playing them until later on. But
1: I think they did. Like, somebody, like, it was really embarrassing. But, I don't know. Come on, Indiana.
0: Yeah, so uh, we'll kind of, I I guess maybe we'll still say the game of the week to watch is maybe Minnesota-Penn State, but don't fall asleep on the Michigan State-Indiana game. Uh, But we do want to lock in our games of the week. Uh, So I'll go down the games right here. Rutgers is playing out how they mentioned. Uh, Rutgers is banged up. They lost a player or two from their last matchup. OSU is favored by 30.5 points. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Northwestern is going to Iowa, and Iowa is only favored by 13.5 points. Barely had a win versus Rutgers last week. Uh, Purdue is going on the road to Maryland, and Maryland is a 10-point favorite. Penn State is hosting Minnesota. Penn State is only a 3-point favorite at home. Uh, Illinois is going to Nebraska. Nebraska is favored by twenty and a half points. And then, like I said, Michigan State on the road to Indiana is a seven-point favorite.
1: Wow, that'd be interesting. Yeah. Well, I'm watching I, that Louisville and Clemson game.
0: <laughs> yeah, that that will be on there too. So <laughs> I will. Um, I'll put my lock in. I think you went first last time, so I'll put my lock in. I'm going to go with Purdue at Maryland. I'm going to say that Maryland is going to win by more than 10 points in that game. I've I've liked Maryland and what they've been doing. Durkin's doing a good job there, and I think that they'll be able to easily handle Purdue.
1: Yep. My lock is going to be Michigan State, Indiana.
0: Okay. All right. So you're saying that which way are you taking it?
1: Michigan State wins. Okay. By more yeah. than seven points? Yeah. Way over seven. Yeah.
0: Okay. All right, there you go. There are those locks for us this week, and that will take us into our final prediction, the final countdown. The the pinnacle, the climax of our episode is coming to the final prediction for number four Michigan hosting number eight Wisconsin with the spread of Michigan favored by 10.5 points, and the over-under being 45 points. So, Craig, I will yep. let you go first on this.
1: Okay. Well, reading all the stats and what Wisconsin's been doing, a lot of people are a little bit scared about this game. Uh, it is going to come down to, I think, Spate having a good game. He's going to have to be somewhat mistake-free in a little bit in this game and not... Uh, I'd give Wisconsin time possession. Like I said, time of the time of possession is going to be really, really important in this game. I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring game that much. But I think Michigan's, Michigan's going to do, uh, wear them out in the second half. Like you said, I think that was a great point you made. That I think, trust me, Wisconsin's going to be... Hitting hard in the first half, and then they're just going to get too tired. You're going to exhaust them. Um, then we're going to hit them with all we got, and I think we're going to win 34-14.
0: Oh, my gosh. I hate your guts so freaking much.
1: I don't think Wisconsin is going to score that many. I just don't. So I think they're going to get 14.
0: I'm going to officially call you a D-bag right now. <laughs> Because I, I already have my, I'd like, most of the times when I kind of go into this, I'm kind of like, okay, think about what we've discussed. It's like, all right, now let, let's make our conclusion. I actually had this score figured out in advance this time. Yeah. And my prediction is 34-13.
1: <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> so you're talking touchdown and three field goals. Two field goals. <laughs> two I mean, sorry, two field goals, yes. Yeah.
0: Touchdown, two field goals for them, and then yeah. uh, a couple field goals for us, and a bunch of touchdowns. So yeah, um, about that. Yeah, so we're we're like neck and neck with that. But um I will say, you know, for the people scared about this game, kind of like you brought it up and everything. I mean, it's it's legitimate. I mean, this is definitely the first heavyweight opponent that we'll be facing. That Michigan yeah. will be facing off against. Uh, but something to think about and be aware about. Um, yes, this team has accomplished some things already this season. But don't forget, this is also the team that played the home game against Georgia State and won twenty-three to seventeen. Right. So yeah. while they may look like a juggernaut, oh my word, they've already had two top ten wins this season. They also showed that they are definitely vulnerable
1: yeah and that's so. the thing is I would kind of put that out there if you could hear my voice. I'm gonna say this: don't be surprised if the first half is very low scoring, okay, yes. and don't be all oh my gosh, we're falling apart. don't what trust me, it's like I said, Wisconsin's gonna give us everything we got in the first half of the game, and then I think we're gonna pull ahead so they're just they they're built that way. They're a great defense. Uh I just don't think their offense can put up enough points against ours to win this game. So, plain yeah, simple.
0: Yeah. Yep, I agree. I think that's a great great way to approach it. And I'm going to say if Michigan is losing by 10 points or less at halftime and people are freaking out at halftime, I'm going to tell them to shut it. <laughs> Just to wait, I don't want to hear it. Don't don't tweet at me. Don't, don't say put a corn in. <laughs> don't don't say anything to me and talk to me after the third quarter. <laughs> if if things don't change for the better in the third quarter, then you can start saying those things because I'm telling you wait give it 3 quarters. Don't give it 2 Don't give it one, give it three quarters and then start talking to me if you're, if you're worried about something. And 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 look for,
1: let's say, let's say that happens. Okay. Just so we can kind of put the minds at ease a little bit. Let's say it's happening and we're down 10 and it's the fourth quarter. Trust me, Jim Harbaugh is set for everything. He's got his, you know. He knows what he's going to do. You're going to probably see a lot more peppers in there. You're going to see him at running back maybe. You'll see him in the wildcat maybe. You're going to see him being used a lot more than you think to get this win. So, you know, they're going to they're use him, but he'll use him even more if he knows he's in trouble. So,
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, if it comes down to it, I'm sure they have an arsenal of uh, – plays and concepts that they have in case they need to use things in the fourth quarter they have absolutely not shown everything they have yet so right yeah so that is uh the predictions then yeah for that we will have to wait a long time until saturday to see what is happening and what is going on so it's an exciting week it's a tense week but
1: yeah, we got Absolutely. a lot. Of, I mean, me and Caleb talked about a lot of things. We got a lot of big recruits coming. We don't have a list in front of us, but we have some really, really, really big-time recruits coming in. So,
0: Yeah, for sure. And we had great recruits last week uh, for the Penn State game, and that, that performance definitely made an impression yep. um, for some that were there and some that were just kind of watching the game and everything. But this is another big week where – the team can uh, make a very positive impression on recruits being interested in coming to Michigan. So the most important thing with the team is for the W and everything, but it's uh, also this one kind of with the recruits coming in. It's a little bit too full because it's just like making that positive impact on those recruits and seeing how that goes. So I'm sure that we might hear some interesting things after the game. So
1: yeah yep I think yeah, hopefully we get good standing with them too. So
0: we will go ahead and uh, transition here and then we will give uh, some closing thoughts uh, before we sign things off. Okay, well, uh, another great episode in and in the books and a lot of great things to say. We have uh, positive things to say, uh, kind of idea, you know, fans can relax. We're trying to relax going into this game. The team probably is relaxed. Uh, interesting to say that craig and i have good feelings about this game compared to most the most interesting thing to mention though is that there are some unexpected people having good things to say about this game and craig did you see what colin cowherd said
1: no actually i don't i just know he's been kind of high on michigan this year which is kind of cool
0: he's been very odd because He's high on Michigan, but then he's also negative at this. I guess before the season really approached, he seemed negative on Michigan and Harbaugh and things like that. But then since the season started, he's kind of done a 180. I'm not sure exactly. It's kind of confusing. But he put out that his lock of the year for college football is that Michigan will, don't quote me on this, it's something of dominate Or destroy Wisconsin in this game.
1: Wow. Okay. Yeah,
0: That is his, like he's saying, the lock of the year. He expects that Michigan is going to come out and just totally dominate this game.
1: Well, they might. I mean, they might be, you know, ticked off and want to dominate and wipe the floor with Wisconsin. You never know. You know, I hope I'm wrong. I mean, I hope my pick that I said and they just do and they shut them out. That would be pretty incredible, so...
0: Yeah, no, I I mean I think we're I wouldn't say, use the word generous. I think we're more optimistic than most people with this matchup yeah. on uh especially how much um we're saying that Michigan's going to win by Yeah. um uh, because a lot of people are saying that they're kind of anticipating it be close. The way that Cowherd was kind of implying was just huge performance like Yeah. I mean, I don't think he gave a specific score, but from the way he was discussing it, it sounded like he was going to go with a score of something like 45 to 7 or something like that.
1: Yeah, uh, well, I mean, I think the last seven times we've met, uh, they've won what, four to five games, so it doesn't—it didn't look good. But hey, that was a different coaching trio back. Then. <laughs> that was different coaching. So this is Harbaugh. This is you know Don Brown. This is Wheatley. This is any you know much different coaching than we've ever seen. Uh, very like you said, adjustments. They do great adjustments when they need to. And they have a lot of faith in their players, and they work them hard.
0: Yeah, for sure. And yeah, I think it's I think it's gonna be good, man. I'm yep. I'm looking forward to it. And you might be going to the game, right?
1: Uh, I might. I haven't figured out that one yet, so it might come down to the last minute. We'll never know. So
0: yeah, we'll see. Well, I know I won't be there, but we will be making it to some games later on here. Uh, so Michigan with a great chance of making a big impression on recruits, on the fan base, but then on uh, all of college football with this matchup this weekend. Thank you guys for tuning in. As always, we'll want to be mentioning that we uh, you can find stuff on our website, bluebrothersportscast.com. We've got Twitters of at bluebros underscore and our names, Caleb or Craig. Uh, you can email us if you'd like, contact us at bluebrothersportscast.com. We also have the voicemail. We welcome you to call and call in and leave a voicemail, and we can share those on our show. We've done that from time to time. We're part of the Blue Network, which is uh, a couple other shows included, Eagle Eye Radio, where you can listen to streaming all day. There's our shows, also the Blueprint shows and Blueprint podcasts with uh, music interjected in between. Uh, but that's some fun and great to listen to uh, if you're at work or doing something during the week. As well as our Facebook group, we always want to mention because that's always growing and always great conversations going on there. Yeah. That's the Blue Network Everything Michigan Football on Facebook.
1: Yep, that thing's booming and doing really, really well. So try to get involved in that.
0: Yeah, if uh, we've mentioned before... And uh, we haven't done anything yet too much with it, but sometimes if we have giveaways or things like that or special promotions, it will go on Facebook for sure. Sometimes our other media outlinks as well, but Facebook is the place where you can definitely uh, see everything that's kind of happening with us.
1: Yeah, and don't forget the Caption of the Week, man.
0: Yes, I was definitely going to mention that, and I thank you for saying that. Uh, We have our Caption of the Week competition, and it's gone well.
1: Wow, there's some great ones, man. yeah
0: (laughs) one of our first yeah one of our first ones uh may have just kind of you know knocked it out of the park but we don't we don't want to call it over until it's over that's going to be running until midnight friday night um so give us your uh caption ideas you can find those on facebook Uh, uh, we've put it everywhere it's on our website it's on soundcloud it's on facebook it's on twitter Uh, participate in this week's uh, Caption of the Week, and you will... If you win, you go into a drawing. Uh, All the weekly winners go into a drawing, so it's going to be like 12 to 14 people, and the person who wins the drawing is going to win some Michigan gear, some Blue Brothers gear. We haven't uh, come to a final decision of all that's going to be in there, but you're going to win some great stuff, and all you have to do is give some creative captions, and if you... When that weekly caption, your name goes in.
1: Yep. No, pretty easy. So just got to be clever and make me chuckle. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) You make me chuckle, and you're probably going to win that. (laughs) (laughs) Both of us were chuckling. But yeah, the caption's great. I mean, it's obviously, it was really funny when I saw it. So, but yeah.
0: And just a real quick update on everything, um, for those of you that have been with us uh, for a while. I mean, we've we've been coming a long way. We're doing this over a year. We've had great people supporting us and giving us ideas. Uh, if anybody ever has ideas, feel free to share. But wanted to mention, uh, when we f- started the show, the first month that we did it, obviously since hardly anyone knew about us, I mean, we didn't even get 100 hits for our first month. Um, but we're scraping on the surface of, you know we're in the thousands now per month of hits for our show. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we're, we're hanging around there around 2000 hits per month. So, I mean, it's just growing. I, I, it's awesome. Cause I can see the stats on our site and everything. And last year, everything constant going up until December and then January, everything kind of dropped a little bit cause college football is done and not everybody's yeah. searching it as much. And then it slowly kind of crept up and then, July and August came and there was an increase and in now since the games have started and like we've been able to network a lot more. Our numbers are going up. Uh we appreciate all our listeners new and old and we uh thank you guys for tuning in. Yeah,
1: it's been cool. Um you know where we've come. But yeah, I mean it's seasonal. You get people that are like, Okay, football's done, we're gonna move on to basketball, we're gonna move on to other sports. So it's pretty understandable. But uh but I mean, we'll be the here. Way, I mean, we're growing because Michigan is growing. The brand, Jim Harbaugh, the football team, everything's going great. So No,
0: no, we're growing because we're awesome. Oh, that's true too. Yeah. You're 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 too humble, Craig. Yeah, I'm being way too humble. You're not in charge of our marketing department. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep. <laughs> we're we're doing well because other people are doing well. That's that's not a good tagline. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we're doing well because of us. Not because doing... you guys.
0: Nobody else except us. Yeah, it's not the football team it's not this we're doing well because we're awesome <laughs> all right but uh, but no really uh, we thank you all we love the interaction and everything and we appreciate all our listeners uh, with that we'll close things out and uh, as always hope that you guys all have a good rest of the week Here it is the end of the week wrapping up towards the weekend. Uh, hope you guys enjoy the game whether you get to watch it on your TV or actually see it in person it's gonna be a fun weekend mm-hmm. and so we'll as always close things out with go blue. Don't blow.